0: Hare Krishna! Question What are the scientific proofs for reincarnation that are accepted by the body of scientific researchers? Answer Rather than proofs, we can focus on evidences. evidences are those which contribute to a proof. It's like in a court case. (coughs) Evidence is presented and then it is for the judge to decide whether that evidence is, uh, what is the strength of that evidence and whether it constitutes proof of uh, complicity or criminality or whatever be the particular uh, legality involved. So, there is... (coughs) the conclusion which is to be had is ultimately within the uh, individual head and heart. And that's why we can't uh, to, to talk about proofs for the existence of soul is to make an overstatement. What we can say is that there are evidences and <clears throat> whether those evidences prove the existence of the soul in terms that science, mainstream science will accept that is something which is, uh, uh, the jury is still out for that. So now, for after clarifying this difference between evidences and proof, now when we look at evidences, also we have to understand that what evidences will be acceptable in the court of science. So, <clears throat> as of now, science tries to operate on the principle of naturalism. So, naturalism refers to the principle that natural phenomena should have natural explanations and this uh, many, many, many most scientists consider to be the cornerstone of science and the essential requirement for scientific progress. So, for example, in the past when say <clears throat> in the middle of age, medieval ages when europe was having the black plague so there were some people who believed that the black plague is caused by some go- some evil spirit infecting people and tormenting people now if that belief is accepted by science then science cannot find out okay what was the science if oh, science will be able to work only when they find a natural cause okay this plague this particular disease this plague is caused by this germ and We find out the natural cause for that and after finding the natural cause then we come to a conclusion that yes, this natural cause gives this particular result. So so what mainstream scientists argue is that if we start accepting supernatural causes or uh, non-natural causes then uh, we stop the progress of science. So scientists often think that, uh, by scientists I am using the mainstream body of science, not necessarily all scientists, that we should operate on the principle of naturalism. And that's why scientists are extremely skeptical about any non-natural explanations for any phenomena. So therefore, because the whole concept of soul is non-natural, in general, when in the scientific circles, the word natural is used, it is equated with material. So, so in that sense because the soul is a non-material entity, the scientists are usually skeptical about accepting the uh, evidence for the soul because they feel that no matter how much is the evidence available, still we should look for some natural explanations because if we start accepting some supernatural explanation then that may stop the progress of science. So that is why in general, the evidence for reincarnation, whatever is available, that is subjected to a greater degree of skepticism than is the evidence in other fields of science. So for example, say consider theory of evolution, often the evidence, even if it is not uh, very strong, it is accepted because it offers a natural explanation to for phenomena and this is a unfortunate bias within the scientific method uh, within the scientific community at present that any evidence for non natural phenomena is um, subject to a far degree of greater degree of skepticism but still even within that uh, what evidence uh, so how can we work towards uh, explaining uh, or providing evidence for reincarnation. Then, when whatever ev- whatever cases are there, we have to see whether uh, all natural explanations for those can be exhausted. And when no natural explanation is left, then the uh, supernatural explanation—that is, the explanation of the soul as the as the source of consciousness, as the explanation of the particular phenomena—that will become accepted and then this acceptance we can also show how this leads to the progress of human knowledge not the stoppage of that progress so let's look at this one by one science broadly has two distinct limbs there is theory and there is experiment so with respect to theory basically there is some attempt to explain the observed phenomena and this refers to general observed phenomena for example say there is (coughs) objects which are released from a height they fall this is general observed phenomena and for this Newton had a theory of gravitation so similarly if we look at the observe observation what we see is there is consciousness That we humans have consciousness and other living beings also have consciousness. Uh, Let's focus for the time being on consciousness as is manifest in human beings. Uh, Now, as well as even if you consider other living beings also, the point is where does this consciousness come from? Although researchers have studied exhaustively the brain, you know, despite studying for decades, even um, centuries, one has they have not been able to find out any one point which is the in the brain, which is the source of consciousness. So now here we are focusing on the theoretical aspect, but this also becomes related with the experimental aspect. But I uh, will focus on with this answer as a summary, I will get into specific evidences later. But the point is within the theoretical framework, the material explanation of consciousness or explaining consciousness from a material perspective has failed and is continuing to fail. So, from a theoretical perspective, definitely there has been a substantial depiction of correlation Yes, that there are certain emotions which are induced when certain parts or areas of the brain are activated. But this is correlation. This is not causation. Causation and correlation are not the same thing. Correlation simply means that one phenomena is associated with another phenomena. Causation means that one phenomena is caused by the second phenomena. So what is the difference between the two? So the simple example is that suppose... Someone is happy. And now that happiness expresses itself uh, neurologically as the secretion of certain chemicals in certain parts of the brain. And physically, it expresses itself as a smile or as a laugh. So now, there are three things. There is the feeling of happiness. There are the activation of certain chemicals in the brain. And then there is the expression of a smile on the face. So, now, the... Activation of certain chemicals in the brain is correlated with the smile on the face. But it is not exactly caused. Uh, the, The feeling of happiness is in and of itself a distinct phenomena from the secretion of chemicals in the brain. The secretion of chemicals in the brain alone does not make one happy. Researchers who have tried in psychiatry to try to identify which specific chemicals need to be secreted for a person to, say, overcome depression, they found that this does not, that just pumping those chemicals into the brain does not lead to a person being able to permanently counter depression. Yes, it just temporarily does counter depression, just as... A person who is unhappy, that person artificially puts on, plasters a smile on one's face. That person might temporarily feel better, but that is not a long-term result. We cannot carry on a facade of happiness for a long time through physical expression of uh, physical expressions expressions. If there is no real feeling of happiness within, similarly, just pumping some injecting some chemical into the brain. Or in uh, taking some pills that increase the uh, increase the uh, presence of a particular chemical in the brain does not lead to happiness. Uh, does not it may temporarily get a, give you a good feeling, but it doesn't last for long. So the point is that from the theoretical point perspective, researchers have been able to find correlation but not causation. So the <clears throat> correlation between say the emotions that we have and the corresponding areas of the brain that are activated, that is well documented. But correlation should not be mistaken for causation. In fact, from the theoretical perspective, there is a spectacular missing link in how that which is, um, how matter can somehow produce the ability to experience matter matter say my tongue is matter and if I eat a gulab jamun the gulab jamun is matter it is made of the same essential elements so how can the tongue experience taste of gulab jamun if I keep the gulab jamun on a table the table is not experiencing the taste put it on my tongue I experience the taste so how does matter develop the ability to experience matter from a theoretical perspective, also there is absolutely no satisfactory explanation, and uh, <clears throat> the although many researches do indicate that the brain is correlated the, the, uh, with emotions, but the correlation is not causation. So the point which I am making is, even from the uh, dawn of the uh, advent of materialism in the in science, that is, so one of the prominent followers of Darwin was Huxley, Thomas Huxley, and he was—he's called the Bulldog of Darwin, who campaigned for the theory of evolution on Darwin's behalf. But even he said that the, how consciousness can emerge from matter, from brain substance, is as miraculous, as inexplicable as a jinn appearing uh, in the story of Aladdin by. Doing something such as lighting a lamp or calling a name or rubbing something, whatever. So it's just an inexplicable phenomenon. And similarly, there are Nobel laureate neurosurgeons, Dr. Wilbert (coughs) (coughs) Penfi, Sherrington, John Eccles. So these are all Nobel, not just ordinary Nobel, ordinary. Uh, neurosurgeon, neuroscientists they are Nobel laureate neuroscientists and they have after exhaust after many years of study concluded that consciousness requires a non-material explanation so for example <coughs> Dr. Wilder Penfield said that you know, <coughs> the brain is like a computer but its programmer is somewhere outside similarly John another Rogers <coughs> Perry is another is another, Nobel, uh, another eminent physicist Another eminent <coughs> neuroscientist, and he said that we have to look for a, a, a in consciousness rather than merely looking for a, a upward causation going from matter to consciousness. We also have to look at downward causation, that consciousness is a distinct entity which co-produces, produces, uh, which interacts with matter and which creates matter to, within within matter. The feeling that it is a sensation of being alive. The appearance of being alive rather. So anyway, this is from the theoretical... Within theory, there is no satisfactory explanation of how matter can produce consciousness. And within theory, if we consider a uh, non-material source of consciousness, then the explanation of consciousness becomes much more intelligent. Now going to experiment, there is... In, in science... We uh, can do experiments where this, where the object is under our control. But when the object, is, say for example, if a stone is falling, then uh, I we can throw a stone up and we can make the stone fall. But if suppose the benchmark for verifying Newton's theory of um, gravitation was that, because the Newton's theory says that the way objects move on the earth is similar to the way the objects move in this space. So, if the benchmark for that theory had been made that Newton should be able to control the movement of the planets or the movement of the satellites. And if, say, by increasing the force applied to, say, the moon, The moon will move faster. If that sort of benchmark for observation had been made, then Newton's theory would not have been verifiable even now. So the point is that experiments can be done on those things which are under control, which can be controlled. So if some things cannot be controlled, then experiments can't be done. And then when experiments can't be done, alternative methods have to be used so now with respect to reincarnation the soul moving from one body to another how can we can't control the subject to do an experiment controlling the subject means that we can't control that okay this person is going to die and this person is going to incarnate over here this person should be able to remember this this, this set of facts we can't control this phenomenon similarly with respect to outer body experiences also we can't uh, with near-death experiences we cannot put a person artificially to a situation of near-death and then see whether that soul gets projected outside or something like that so experiments are not possible in this and this does not mean that this necessarily has to go out of the arena of science because when we look at the <clears throat> past when there are many areas in science also where knowledge is not acquired using experimentation for example with respect to generally theories of origins and theories of the past so much of <coughs> the theories of, uh, theory. for example we say that the universe the mainstream accepted scientific theory is some variant of the Big Bang theory, I mean, superstring or whatever, might be further developments. But the Big Bang theory is largely accepted as a theory of the origin you know, of the universe. Now, nobody can conduct an experiment to replicate the theory. And similarly, with respect to say, many other inch, uh, tectonic plate theory, uh, that the the Earth that the Earth was say one tectonic plate earlier, then it has split, and then that's how different continents have come about. When we go back to history, there are many theories in science which are not, on which we cannot do experiments to verify them. And that alone should not be made as a ground for rejecting those theories. So, therefore, here are different methods to be used. We cannot just use experiment in the sense of controlling an environment and making certain things happen in a certain way. Because these are the, the planet, the moment of the planet, a moment of say, tectonic plates or the origin of the universe. These are events which are not repeatable and controllable by us. So what can be done in such situations? Science uses a different methodology. It is called as IBE. It is inference to best explanation. So we try to make as careful and as rigorous an observation as possible. And after that observation... Uh, after the observation is made, we try to find out the best explanation for that observation by eliminating all other alternative explanations. So this is like something like um, who done it investigative novel uh, in which if a crime has been committed, person has been murdered, then who all could have done that crime? You know, who had come in that house? What are the ways for coming into that house? What are the ways in which this person could have been killed? we try to eliminate, investigator tries to eliminate various explanations. Still, the the most intelligible explanation remains and that is accepted. So, similarly, with respect to either, so the evidences for reincarnation are not in terms of experiment, but in terms of observations and then inferences to best explanation based on that observation. So, what is the evidence? There are, are now, <clears throat> there are certain people who are able to remember their past lives. Now the certain people who are able to remember their past lives. Now the various alternative explanations need to be taken into consideration. So okay, could it be that this person didn't remember, but it's just a coincidence that both the memories came together. But then there is a <clears throat> so Stevenson and subsequent scientists have different developed a scale of credibility. Uh, and scale of evidence: How many points does a person remember, and what are the correlations in the remembrance? So I will answer the about the credibility of reincarnation of past life memories in a separate question, and similarly with near death experiences. But the point is that there are multiple evidences. The sheer number of memories that are require uh, that are uh, recollected, the number of things that are recollected, the commonality or uncommonality of those particular mem- memories. Mem- Mem- memories so there is a scale on the strength of evidence it's not just a chance and <clears throat> further there are uh, there are past life behaviors which are continued in terms of certain phobias then there are birthmarks which are there and <clears throat> there are overall <clears throat> uh, the cultural acceptability and unacceptability. all those factors come into the picture and that way so, if that person had no contact with that other with the other person and no possibility of contact, the number of things that are remembered are so many that it's unlikely to have come about by chance, then uh, by chance or by guesswork, then if the credibility increases. So the point is with respect to scientific research or scientific evidence for reincarnation, the evidence has to be in terms of inference to best explanation. And <coughs> that is gradually being accepted as initially the researching for reincarnation <clears throat> is treated with skepticism. But that is the way all body, all um, all scientific breakthroughs do happen. So, but gradually as the broad conceptions are made clear that how the methodology is made clear and how is this a progress that is explained. How is this a progress? The progress is in terms of actually how the (coughs) understanding of the human person deepens. how Who we are and what is it that is going to bring meaning and purpose in our life. How that understanding deepens and how life and the, the the quality of life and the satisfaction of life improves. This And our own understanding of the human person increases. So, so bringing a scientific dimension, spiritual dimension into science is not going to restrict knowledge, it is rather going to expand knowledge, expand scientific knowledge. When this understanding is presented properly, then the remembrance for reincarnation will be accepted. So, there there is a gradual change that is happening. And even now, as compared to 30, 40, 50 years ago, when Stevenson started the research, Uh, The acceptability of reincarnation has increased much more. And this will keep increasing as more and more research is done and more and more evidence mounts, And more and more, the limitations of sticking to an exclusively naturalistic approach are recognized by scientists. And once they are recognized, then... Uh, non-natural explanations will be more open-mindedly explored. So, when we present evidence, what we should focus on is not necessary, it's not necessary for some evidence to be accepted by the entire body of scientists or even the mainstream body of scientists. Now, as long as it stands the test of intellectual scrutiny, as long as that evidence is... uh, acquired according to methods that are similarly used in other fields of scientific inquiry and as long as there are credible scientists even if they are not even if they are in the minority who accept the evidence for reincarnation we have to understand that every culture operates under a certain bias and the mainstream scientific community presently operates under the uh, presumption which often becomes a bias of naturalism or reductionism and because of that they're not yet open-minded but we don't have to necessarily accept that presumption or bias and by staying open-minded uh, uh, to the evidence and open-mindedly ev- evaluating that evidence and presenting that evidence open-mindedly we can actually uh, help in the uh, scientific help in the scientific increasing the scientific acceptability of reincarnation thank you Hare Krishna.